Blog Talk Radio. And this is a good evening. This is Wednesday, August 8th, and you are on At the Edge. This is your host, Sherry Ann Turpin. Good evening. Um, Zena, is it I pronounce that correctly? I'm not sure. Zena or Tazina? Tazina. Tazina, okay. Yep. Um, Elf, okay. Uh, Tazina Elf Tinchback is a writer um, and facilitator um, of Cat in the Belly Journal eCourse. She is the author of How to Make Pink Cassetti, um, that's published by Dancing Girl Press 2012. Her work appears. Um, or is forthcoming in Holly Rose Review. How to Be a Good Dad um, is another work um, that's published by Germinal Press. And also, um, Mermaids and Merwomen in African Folklore. Um, and she currently resides in Georgia. Good evening, Tavinia. How are you? I am good. Thanks for having me. Right, so I'm holding in my hand um, your chat book, and um, you know I have I haven't really had a chance to go through it in depth. Um, as you know, I am um, putting together a review of your work, but I can say um, that your work definitely has that magic, has those qualities that I would associate with Afrofuturism. Afrofuturism is not just about science fiction or speculative fiction, um, and it's not just music. I mean, it's a, it's an entire way of thinking, and in fact, when I first saw um, you, when I first encountered you, it was because of um, the series of conversations that we started um, on the Internet, uh, through Twitter. I met so many, so many wonderful people, and um, I would consider you uh, definitely to be um, a part of that part of that circle, and so um, this is going to be pretty much a, kind of a laid back kind of evening, a chance for us to talk poetry, um, the creative process, gods and goddesses, mermaids and mermen, um, and so um, wanted to um, kind of give note to something that um, that she said to me. Um, and this is um, something that's going on at City Gallery at Waterfront Park in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, yes. And it's called Mermaids and Merwomen in Black Folklore. Um, could you could you uh, tell us a bit about that? Yes, actually, I was invited to submit a couple of poems. There, um, I have three poems in that are going to be included in the exhibit. It's a fiber, fiber arts exhibit, um, and it's going to be in, in Charleston. It's September 6th through September 9th, and it's at the City Gallery. Um, and it is the largest, it'll be the largest of its kind. So it's, it's actually focused totally on um, mermaids and merwomen in African folklore, or more to the point, folklore of the African diaspora. So 
there are all these great artists that have come together, visual artists, photographers, quilters, um, painters who have transferred their works or had worked with someone to transfer their works onto some sort of um, fabric panels, different types of quilts, and everything you can think of. And they wanted a few poets to work with, so three of my poems were were accepted and included. So I'm going to be down there doing my first reading on September 8th. And there's an entire four-day event planned for the actual gallery opening, for the exhibit opening, for the reading for the poets and writers. There are going to be a few scholars that are going to be doing some lectures on that Thursday and Friday evening. And there's even going to be a small film. And, and a, someone, a director, I don't know the person's name. I don't have that information yet. But she's actually screening a film about um, the culture and legacy of mermaids and merwomen in the, off the coast of the south, of the, of the southeastern coast of the U.S. So that should be very interesting. Right. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. It starts Thursday. Right. Those are the wow. Six, and I think the, la- the last event is on the 9th, that's Sunday. Okay. And so how long is this um, exhibit going to be up? I mean, the entire exhibit. The entire exhibit is going to be up for a month. So it will be running through the second week of October. So I'm really, really excited. I've never been – I've never had a chance to be involved with something like this. So it's nice to actually be a part of it. It's really, really humbling that they – you know, decided to use my poems and then they're having me read and, and participate in the festivities. So I'm extremely excited. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, whenever I think of whenever I think of South Carolina now, I, you know, of course I think about the Yorba um, um, village that's in South Carolina. I think of the Gula people and their tradition. Um, and, of course, you know, it, it, it's almost as if um, – um, you know, the Orishas has, you know, just completely, in some ways, you know, kind of take, taken over and, you know, taken over the conversation uh, when it comes to um, the African diaspora. And and so I'm really happy to hear that, um, that this um, exhibit is, is, is going on. Um, so, you know, when we talk about African um uh, folklore, um, you know, many some of our viewers, uh, some of our our, our listeners uh, may be familiar with, um, you know, with Ifa. Um, some may not, um, or or have some familiarity familiarity with um, Nigerian Nigerian culture. But you know, when you told me about this, um, you know, a couple a couple of names came came to mind. Um, um, one of them being uh, Yemoja um, or Yemaya. Um, right, locals, right, and those are you know major major reaches, but a lot of people don't realize is that you know within um, many African traditions, you know you've got Orishas, but you also have other spirits, um, you know other entities, you know mermaids, as you say, mermaids, merwomen, mermen, um, fairies, um, and many other you know uh, many other archetypes. And so I think that this is actually very important. Um, um, this is a very important event um, because it brings this, um, this 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 kind of knowledge um, to the public and helps us to understand what exactly 
um, ended up being brought over as a result of the, the, uh, the Middle Passage, that despite the horrors of the Middle Passage, um, African um, cultural traditions um, did survive and continue to thrive. Um, right. So your writing reflects that. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting too because I have to say when I first heard about the when I heard about the the exhibit and I heard about a friend of mine said this sounds right up your alley she just saw a mermaid in the call for submissions for poets and writers and so I started reading it and I was very or I wouldn't say very but I was I was fairly ignorant to how prevalent mermaids are in and mer women in black folklore um and I had no idea as a matter of fact, I was talking to the curator a few weeks ago, um and her name by the way is cookie washington and cookie washington. i had okay. cookie washington I had no idea I'm a native of California. I had no idea that California is named for a black sea goddess. And I don't have the name. I I can look it up, but I don't have it, and I should have it because I'm a real stickler for bringing up things that I can't reference. But um, she, when she told me, I was really surprised, and she was surprised that I didn't know because she figured, you know, being from California, I said, well, you know, like everything, there's so much of history in this country that we just don't know the, you know, what the actual source is or what the actual references. Or the origin, mm -hmm. and I had no idea. So, mm -hmm. I, I got a really, I got a really good education. Let's say over the last couple of months, just um, reading some of the other works and then doing research of my own because, you know, I think of mermaids and I, and for whatever reason, whatever reason, um, for the longest time, I just never, never really connected or linked Orishas with mermaids. Because I'm thinking of a different, you know, my mind, a mermaid has a certain, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of different images and different imagery. And that probably does come from the fact that I am from California. I'm from Southern California. Right. Um, right. You know, it's a different, you don't think of Southern California or Redondo Beach, California as, as highly African-centered <laughs> geography. So wow. we kind of carry but, the images. But you're connected with the sea. I mean, you know, you you go from yeah. you you went from one one um, one ocean to the to the other, and, and so, I went from cold water to warm water <laughs> from it, the Pacific exactly. to the Atlantic. Absolutely, yeah, exactly, exactly. We have a caller on here. I'm not sure who this is. Could you uh, introduce yourself? Hello, is it me? Yes. Hi. It's Cookie Washington. Oh, I Cookie so Washington! Hi, <laughs> I see you in three Hi. weeks. I'm so excited. Um, I just want to say that the sisters' poetry is so beautiful and so breathtaking, and people Thank must you. run to the bookstore to get her book. When I was loading in the poems to send to the publisher. I got to your poems, and I had to stop and turn off the computer because I was weeping so much with the beauty of your words. Oh, you thank you so much. I'm so proud. They are just 
you know how much I can talk because we've talked. I, I really <laughs> didn't have words when I when I took a minute to observe and and take it in. Thank you, thank you for bearing witness in such a beautiful way. Thank you, Chris. To, to this subject that is so close to my heart. But I I want your book to be absolutely a bestseller because it is so beautiful, but it's also educational and enlightening and very, very precious. It's you have given you have given the world such a gift. And, and I have a request from one of our uh, one of our one of our chat participants, Alfre Rodnick. I don't know if you all are familiar with her work. Um does she have a request? She's wondering um you know, if if Tavina will be um, sharing um, sharing any of her work, um, would you like to would you would you like to like to share? Um, yes, like I I will I will I will read definitely. Let me, and I should be more I should be more organized than being that I've spoken okay. to you, and I know this is coming up, but um, yeah, I was would you like making sure I had all my reference points? Um. <laughs> Sure. Yes, you know I, am, I, I am just so in love with your work. I really am. And you know, and I'm and I'm looking at one. I'm looking at one of the poems, and suddenly, uh huh. I imagine you floating. Twelve weeks, men, skin, a rapid pulse, swimming, in tiny sack, clear like cellophane, not falling of being torn from me with raging desire to run, breathe, touch bread, wine someday, sun to lift, and suddenly we were born, we were bone, splintered in two, edge pushed through flesh, a wound, and I imagine you a fairy in tiny sacks clear like cellophane a swath of copper and iron confetti, wings glittering, folded beneath your feet, standing on the branch of a boat tree, jutting from the loom of my umbilicus. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, the sensuality of it, the sensuality, mm-hmm. the, you know, the idea of, you know, of having the spirit that's within you, um, that's growing within you, this this life spirit. I mean, I'm reading this and I'm you know and I'm feeling this this life experience. I've never had a child, um, but I've often uh, wondered what it would be like. And reading this poem, um, it it it's absolutely um, it produces a particular emotion in me that um, that's that's hard to describe here. Well, I will I will say for. For this collection for Pink Confetti, I had a few people, actually I had quite a few people ask. It's a collection of 12 poems. And I had a few people ask, you know, um, why not do a larger collection? I am very, I, I, I love the idea of small kind of um, morsels of, of poetry. And I think this piece for my first chat book, I think this collection is very, it's very, it's kind of, um, it's thick. 
it's it's right. It's like a molasses. There's a, in other words, I couldn't imagine putting together twenty of these, or I couldn't write. I couldn't imagine writing twenty of these actually. But it's um, there's a lot of life and a lot of blood and a lot of death and kind of dying and renewing going on. This piece here, and suddenly that. By the way, you read. Beautifully, I really love when people oh, read. Thank you. What works for me <laughs> because I'm not a performance poet, so I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't read my work that often. I read it to myself, but I don't, you know, read it. So I, I enjoy hearing other poets, and I, you know, heard other poets that are really, really able to kind of capture their work and, you know, really nuance it when they read it on stage. Um, that. And you're you, inspiring I actually, me. Well, I hate the sound of my own voice, so that's a, no, that's a whole have different. No, but you a beautiful voice. Have thank a you. That's just voice. a whole different neurotic story, but I actually don't like. So I don't like recording and all that. It makes me really neurotic. But um, but yes, I am going to read for you tonight. But this piece, and suddenly, it actually it was when I first wrote it about two years ago. It was um, it was titled The Abortion Song, kind of kind of a rough title. Um Right. Right. See, I have a I have a daughter. I have one I have one child, a daughter, she's fifteen. And people ask okay. me all the time, why don't you write about your daughter more? I'm very careful about who I write about. Um mm. I think a lot of times my writing is very spiritually connected. And I think words are forever. So to yes. me, whenever you are following a spirit or you're following this energy or whatever it is that's calling or tugging, up, you know, tugging at you to write, I think you have to be really careful what you put down on paper because it's it's forever. It doesn't go away. You can't, you know, you can destroy it, but it doesn't go away. It's always there. So when I do write about my daughter, it's kind of few and far between. And I usually don't publish it. You're, I don't think I've ever published a piece that I've written about my daughter so far. Um, right. But I wanted to. Um, I wanted to kind of give homage to mm-hmm. the daughter that didn't make it. The daughter right. that wasn't right. born. Um, well, you know that there there are prayers. Um, there are prayers and there are ceremonies. Um, within Lakumi and um, within Isa um, for for the unborn, and that when you honor your 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 igun, you honor your ancestors, you you honor not only those who have passed on, but you also honor those um, who who are um, of the, the the unborn. And this is something that you know that I learned. Um, you know whether it be because of mis- miscarriage or um, stillborn or um, abortion, and, and so there is that that space to to be able to honor that life force while it was while it was there um, to 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 honor that because and that there was this, you know that there's a reason for everything you know there's a reason for um, the presence of a particular spirit whether that spirit um, is is with you um, for the long haul or just for a brief time. right. And so I feel that with this poem. And you can imagine this, this, you know, my daughter wanted to read the manuscript, and I don't usually 
up until now, I haven't allowed her to read my work. Not a lot of it. I have kind of not so much censored. I've just kept it away from her so that she didn't know a lot of it existed. So with this manuscript, she was very, very adamant about reading it. And uh, <laughs> so when she got to this, interestingly, at 14, she didn't think this was about her. She knew it was about a mother and a child. She knew it was about pregnancy and a birth of some sort, but she knew instantly it wasn't about her, and she asked me. And I think that might be because my daughter's very, my daughter's extremely in tune to emotions and feelings of, you know, she's a teenager, so they have a feeling and an emotion every five minutes. But she and I, you know, we had a discussion, a great discussion about it. And um, right. But I think this piece is very indicative of the collection. The collection is um, it is about a mermaid, and the mermaid kind of functions as a the mermaid kind of functions as a motif. Okay. And okay. so there's a lot of there's a lot of going back and forth. Each each poem is a different voice or a different. I guess a different voice, a different persona. Um, there's one po- poem toward the end, Ali Ali Oxenfree, when they all kind of come out or come together, right? To sort of, you right. know, they all kind of come out to bring their, to bring their stuff, to bring their junk, to bring their whatever, and kind of put it on display, and then you know, they kind of like fold, so they fold away or fall away. I. I guess is the best wow. way to describe it. And yeah. so I think this piece kind of works in there. It show it it to me this is um this collection is a loop. The first poem, um, they do still believe or they still believe in mermaids. Um that most people probably won't realize is a poem since it's only two lines long. It looks more like a dedication. Hmm. So, um but the first well, poem or the first full length poem is Six Figures Lullaby, which is addressing worth. And then the last poem in the book is also doing the same thing, kind of reexamining worth and value and kind of cost, even currency, non-currency items, you know. So there's a lot of – I I wanted to put some things in here that I thought were very true to – would be true to the persona if you're when you're evaluating worth and decisions and and kind of from a woman's perspective, I think as women we have so many little deaths as well as so many great births. I think when you have a child or when you become a mother, I think there's a part of you that dies and there's a greater part of you that's born. I think if you make the decision not to become a mother, I think – that's a death and a birth as well. There's a death of that part of you that is connected to society's notion of what you're supposed to do as a woman. I mean, society wants us to be fertile and to produce and to bear seed and to be sexual. You know, it's like in society right. we have roles. We have the roles for the breasts. We have the budding perfect breasts. And we have the breasts that are sexual and, you know, salacious for our mates. And then we have the nurturing breast that, you know, cradles our children and feeds our children. Then we have sort of the dying breast. After after we've made the love and we've created or we've born life, then it's kind of the dying off of the breast. It's, you know, the calcifying, I I, I tend to think. So I think in 
I think for women, there's always a sort of dying and rebirth that's going on with us all the time. Not to say that that is, not to say that our experience is better or more profound than men. It's just different, and I think it should be acknowledged and maybe studied or maybe illuminated. And I think you're, I think you're, I think you're right about that. I think that, I think that you know, there is something to be said about. Um, you know, acknowledging the fact that you know our experiences are different. Um, yes. You know, our, you know how we you know how we deal with our bodies. Um, you know, I'm 45 years old. I have not had a child yet, but you know, I'm still you know still overly fertile, and there's that mm-hmm. awareness of that. But I put that in. I end up putting putting a lot of that energy in, in, into my writing, and and so you know how I how I interact. Um, you know, with my students, how I interact with my writing, you know, there's, there's an awareness of that. And, you know, and I used to kind of shun that and kind of, you know, try to shut that down. You all of that academic training, you, you're kind of encouraged to, to to separate yourself from your body. But I find that it, it, it is important. And I think that um, for us as women's color, as black women, it is important uh, because it's a part of our humanity and embracing our, 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 our full humanity. Um, and right. I find it important as as a practice, you know, as a practitioner of of Lukumi and 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 Wicca, um, that you have to you have to um, you know in, in, embrace that. Um, a couple of things that, that come to my mind. There's actually three things. One of them, Iraqi uh, um, has requested that you read that poem. By the way, number one. Which one? Number. Um, <laughs> which one? Um, I guess the poem that uh, that you know the the, uh, the poem that you had mentioned about um, the I guess the one that that you began with with, with regard to mermaid she's typing right now so it's still uh, okay she'll, she'll be, oh the abor- uh, the abortion song well you know oh that was the, the one abortion. that and suddenly the one you just read okay so yes yeah, so the abortion song yeah so that and suddenly is the is, is the abortion song. And so yes, of ma'am. course you know what what Britain what comes to my mind um is Gwendolyn Brooks. Um when she wrote her oh. poem about abortion. But oh. I like yours. That yeah, poem I you know, I read that poem when I was nineteen and I was working in the library <laughs> at UCLA. And I yes, was probably taking yeah. like a lunch break. And yeah. I happened across one of her collections, and I read that poem. And that poem, it it sat, it, it it seated me. I can't think of any other way to say it. I was standing in the stack, and I sat down. It gave, it, right. it made me take a seat, and I had to right. sit. You know, there there's some works that you know you just have to sit with. Um, and yes. that was that was it. That was one of those for me. I remember that. So I know exactly what poem you're talking right. about. I love that right, poem. Right, right. And, and I love those, 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 those last lines. I loved you. I loved you all. And, and you know, and it just, it, it, it flies, kind of flies in the face of, you know, the assumptions that, that you get from a lot of folks who like to make commentaries about, um, you know, those of us who oh, have yeah, gone through that experience. Write, right. You're not supposed to write poems about abortion. No, not you're not. As you, you know, it, no, it, you, you, you're that. supposed to somehow feel as though you've, you know, you, you know, you've done such, such, such evil that you, you know, that you, you know, you walk away in shame. But I mean, so much about female sexuality, grasping of sexuality, you know, in in in, in in this kind of shame, 
you know? And yes. So, yes, so, absolutely. So a couple of the things come to my mind. Um, you know, I, you know, I think about, um, I think about the archetype, I mean, there are African archetypes or European archetypes, whether you were talking about, you know, uh, the maid, um, the maid, mother, the crone, um, or, you know, within um, Makumi and Isa, uh, you know, you have Oshun, you have Yenaya, you have Oya, um, you know, you have the male and female aspects of a Lokun, um, and, you know, and such powerful, powerful archetypes. And I think mm-hmm. um, whether you come from a an, an African um, perspective or from a non-Christian or from a rebooted, I mean, there's some aspects of of you know of of the um, of Mary that that don't necessarily ascribe to the traditional um, Catholic uh, beliefs. If you and the real Mary is you know is far older than um, in the Catholic or the Protestant traditions, the idea of um, a woman who has um, the ability to give birth to gods, um, the the ability to to produce life, um, that comes through in 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 your work. And then, of course, the last piece before I forget. The idea of your words having power and that they stick around. Um, And with that, I think of my I think of my poetry. A lot of my poetry, they're prayers, they're spells, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, your power is in your language, your ability to take that language, and you know, and, and endow it with power, give it power. And it does right. set forth um, movement, energy, words of energy. And I feel that yeah. in in your work. Thank you. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I'm, you know, you, when you're talking I about can. money, okay. you're talking about birth, that's, that's magic. You know, I, I, have, um, I have a few pieces, and... It's funny because the three pieces that are in the that are included in the mermaids and merwomen pieces, those to me are almost oh gosh, um, they almost feel like incantations. They're very there's like a rhythm to them. There's a feeling to them. There's a movement, and they feel very they very much feel like the ocean. They feel like water. Like, um, these pieces and how to make pink confetti feel like earth to me. They feel like building blocks, like stones, like big. Some of them are very dense. The second poem in the book, which is the excerpt that's on Dancing Girl Press on the publisher site, is the stick figure of lullaby. The entire work really is born out of that poem. This entire collection here is born out of that poem. To me, that that poem is very... It's a very large folder. It's it's not very attractive, but it's very it's big. It's ominous. It's um, it's boisterous. But there are other mm-hmm. pieces in the book that are, you know, smooth black stones, and there's some little white stones, and there's some you know um, there's some some bone, and there's some some fossilized flesh, you know. 
but everything is is solid. All the pieces okay. to me in this collection are very solid. That's not to say that I'm thinking of my work saying that I've written a solid piece of work. It's just the energy that I feel from the pieces. To me, they feel very substantial. If you were All to right, so I need to come get you. Them. Okay, so, um, well. Because you don't have cream beer. Oh, oh, someone has, someone has. I think someone that's a caller. Is in the, in the, yeah, it's another caller. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm, it's, it's, another, it's another caller. But what I'm going to ask, um, ask did you, Suzanne, uh, could you give uh-huh. us another uh, Hello? sample? I'm sorry. Either, either of a, hi, how are you? This is, this is your host. Hi. Uh, we're in the midst of the, the conversation. Could you give us your name? My name is Bianca Dorsey. Hi, Bianca. Hi. How are you this evening? I'm good. I just heard. I just heard some of your show. It sounds very, oh, very nice. You. Thank you very much. So I'm just about to ask Suzanne if she could read either from Mermaids or um, or, or or from Pink Cassetti. Um, give us a, an idea of some of that roughness or smoothness. Okay. Um, I will read the Stick Figures Lullaby. Um, I will give you a little little bit about this. This, okay. for me, and it may not be the okay. same for the reader, but for me, this sets the tone of the of the book. This sets the. This tells you about the mermaid. It tells you about the about the motif of what what is going to happen, what is represented okay. in the work. Um, I specifically chose for the Six Figures Lullaby. It's written in a pantoum form, so it's it has a refrain. So you get two you'll get two lines in, and then you're repeating, and then you're going. You're taking two steps forward, and you're taking two steps back. And I I did that specifically because of the topic. I wanted okay. to I wanted to explore something very un unsavory, and I wanted to kind of marry that to a very traditional, beautiful form, a classic form of poetry writing. So I did that specifically with this piece, and the title is The Six Figures Lullaby. Okay. Here in the Thursday house, I know my words. A dime bag is fair trade for a little girl. Broken smiles are a kind of pretty, Mr. Curtis says. I know my worth. A daughter is her mother's best currency. Broken smiles are a kind of pretty. Mr. Curtis says junkies will pick you clean to bone. A daughter is her mother's best currency. See my dancing skeleton scribbled in chalk? Junkies will pick you clean to bone, I shimmy, under the weight of this flesh. My dancing skeleton, scribbled in chalk, frames a hand-me-down map of the world. I shimmy under its weight. This flesh seems a ramshackle serenade. Four corners of a hand-me-down map of the world. A dime bag is fair trade. A little girl sings a ramshackle serenade here in the Thursday house. In poem. Wow. That's 
That's heavy. That's heavy. I mean, in, in, in that I know was, that's a, that's a, that's a trite, yeah. that's a truly trite way of saying it, but it's, you know, but you're giving us, you, you're right, that that's a very difficult. Um, so we have to deal with the, we have to deal with, with the horror, um, you know, of existence yes. as, as well. What inspired you? Um, some of that is actually some of this piece and a very good friend of mine who has had this conversation with me about this piece. I wrote this piece in 2007, the end of 2007. Um, I workshopped it at, um, I, I went to the writing work, writer's workshop at Hurston Wright in, in D.C. Um, through the okay. um, Hurston Wright organization, the Writer's Week. And I've workshopped this poem two or three times. And a very good friend of mine, I had a, I went to a writing group with some friends, some artist friends a few years ago, told me that I shouldn't put this piece in the book, that I shouldn't include this in the manuscript because the question would come up, how did you get inspired to write this? Well, some of this poem is memoir for me. So that okay. is me speaking. That is my voice speaking. That is a seven-year-old girl speaking. I liked the idea of a little girl being seven and having a knowledge that's beyond her years. And it being, and, and I liked her being able to kind of present that or kind of take in the world and understand what the knowledge, this, this, this knowledge here, being able to understand um, that this frames a map of the world because she understands, even though she does not understand the dynamics that are that are going on beyond the scenes or behind the scenes, she understands this knowledge that right. a daughter is her mother's best currency. And I think when girls have this kind of awareness, they can take in the world. Mm-hmm. It kind of it coats the entire world. It sort of parts it parts the sea, so to speak. You understand exactly what is possible. You understand what can happen. And more importantly, you understand what will happen. Um, And that can either be, um, it can go on to, I don't want to say it could be empowering, but it can be, it can give you a sort of power, but it can also be, it could be a shackle of sorts. Because, um, like I say in the piece, there's right. that skin that to. doesn't go away. Right. And you have to, it has to come out in some way, somehow. Um that it, it, you know, it's 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 a painful memory, but it has mm-hmm. to come through. Um it it has to be um it's testimony. And you know in in poetry when I think of poetry, I don't think of poetry it's just always, you know, nice and, and, and pleasant and, and whatnot. And you know, of course, I think think of Audre Lorde, um, Audre Lorde, and um, and some of the other poets that you know who've inspired me. Um, a lot of a lot of poetry that you know that I've come to cherish has so many horrific um, memories, angry memories sometimes, mm-hmm. and they have to be blocked for it. Um, that is also um, magic. It's 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 a way of of, of cleaning that out, you know, bringing it forth, and that voice needs to needs to be heard. That seven year old needs needs to be able to uh, to speak up. 
how else do yes. you change? Yes. How else do you change? Yes. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and there's there, there's the you know there's kind of the the layering of that you know we see we see this we see this girl um, here we see her in a couple of other pieces to an extent we see her sisters in the book and maybe some of her friends, maybe, um, you know, women that she's passed on the street. Um, when I was thinking or putting together Pink Confetti, I had I create these fairy tales um, all the time. It's something I've done since I was probably about, you know, five or six. So I create these fairy tales, and I had created a fairy tale about a mermaid and her her fisherman that had found her, and she loved him, and he fell in love with her, and she decided to leave the sea to come on land to be with him and live with him. But, mm-hmm. you know, as time goes on, he becomes worried. He gets worried that she's going to leave. You know, she's going to miss the ocean eventually. What is she going to do? She comes and goes. You know, she leaves, and she may be gone for a couple of days. He goes to the ocean, but she always comes back. And he's talking with friends, and they tell him, you know, you need to keep her from being able to change back and forth. If you want to keep her on land and you want to keep her out of the ocean, you need to descale her. And that's what Mm. the first poem is when he's telling her, you know, the best, you know, a a dull knife is best for removing scales. And the other mm. guy tells him there's, you know, a rusted spade behind the flower's bed. And that is the idea for me, how you make pink confetti, by descaling, taking away the magic, stripping mm-hmm. a woman. People can do it to us. We can do it to ourselves. Life right. does it. You have to find your confetti and kind of, you know, reclaim it or take it back, <laughs> I guess. Sometimes you have to take it back from yourself because I think we – do plenty of, you know, things in the way of um, descaling or, or making our own, making ourselves a right. confetti. And you're right, it's, it, it's, destroying, it's right. what you have to do. Right. It's just, and, and, you know, that image, of course, you know, makes me think, you know, destroying the spirit, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, destroying the spirit. And, and, you know, I remember when I was a child, my, you know, you know, I I often felt like, you know, I was kind of, you know, kind of told, well, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. And my father later explained to me, after many years of therapy, um, <laughs> that for some reason he, he, you know, he feared that I would somehow, um, you know, grow up and become disillusioned or would somehow, you know, um, you know, try to become something that, you know, that at that particular time he felt to be impossible. And, you know, and, and this is something that we see, you know, in, you know, happens to a lot of young girls, young, young black girls, and that he felt like he had to burst my bubble, destroy my spirit. He actually said that, and he now realizes that that was a mistake. But ultimately, he wasn't able to do that, but it certainly it certainly wounded me. And so when I think of, um, you know, the stripping away of of confetti, uh, the stripping away of magic, I mean, those are wounds 
very hard to heal, and some of them just don't heal, at least not very well. Yeah. And there's something yeah. there's something interesting about thinking about descaling, the act of descaling. It's you know it's it's violent and it's 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 rigorous and it's you know it's needful. You scale a fish to you know in, in essence you scale a fish to eat it most likely. But I I like the idea of even in this descaling, whatever is left over, the parts that are left over the shredding, the whatever that's left over, even the discards, they're confetti. They're still pretty. Mm -hmm. They're still Mm -hmm. worth something. In other words, even the discards are, you know, and I think that's kind of a, a, for me, with the that's what the work says for me. It's like even in its parts and even in its discards, there's still some beauty there. Right. That can be found, and there can so there's a lot of there's a lot of um, a lot going on the, at the intersection of horror and and beauty and um, some sexuality, and there's you know there's there's some religion in there, there's some Christianity, there's some you know um, I'm sure there's things in there that people will see or will think are pagan. I mean it's you know there there's a lot going on there's a lot of interplay and kind of tug of war it's a there's a little a little battle going on with kind right. of you know a little instead of a rope they're maybe pulling a a really pretty pink ribbon or something i don't know <laughs> well, I mean, yeah but i think that that's i think that that's also a reflection of what's actually going on um you know in within us um with you know within many many black communities um this tug of war this struggle um, mm-hmm. This 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 question of well you know what are we you know are you know who do we um, turn to you know for you know to 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 get that magic back you know that confetti is there right. we can still you know even though it's been sort of placed aside for the moment we can still um, dress up play dress up we can mm-hmm. still put some of those pieces back on um, we can still uh, you know take on take on that that aspect i I think of my journey from from Christianity to paganism as it's it's sort of in, 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 sort of doing that in, in a sense, and that's probably one of the reasons why I find your work so so inspiring um you know the idea of of doing that um I want to take another call um okay could you uh, give us your name? Hello. Yes. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is this is Sherry Ann. How are you? Hi. You're on the, you're on the air. You're on the air. Uh, yes, I'm Bianca Dorsey. I'm one of the artists in the the show, the Mermaid Hello. Show. Wow. Hi. And Hi. Oh, I, well, could could you uh, tell us a bit about uh, about um, your work with Tanzania? Well, I, I'm sitting here quilting it now. <laughs> I, I and I find it interesting you were talking about descaling because I I got some scales and yes it is a it is a very violent process to remove scales I saw some men removing scales with a metal brush the other wow. day but I I'm putting the scales the actual real scales on my mermaids on my quilt oh very nice I can't wait to see everyone to see everyone's work and. 
I have to say, these ladies from this from from the exhibit are just giving me all kind of just love, and you know, I've got some of the emails from a lot of the artists today, and just even tonight calling in on the show. So thank you so so very much. Sure. Wow! Wow! Absolutely, absolutely fabulous. And in fact, I, what I want to do, you know, for our remaining time, so that you all get a chance to be able to uh, share what what you, what you do, um, and to be able to give you proper um, props. Um, Sandra, could you maybe start off with, you know, you know, telling the audience how do you get your work? And again, sharing with the audience how you know where is this exhibit, and you know just kind of run it down the line, um, Cookie and, and Bianca, and, and and those of you who haven't named, just go ahead and tell me about your, uh, your work, and you know share with the audience um, where you can catch hold of it, any publications or websites. Oh, okay. Well, my work, I. This is a an, an adventure for me doing a quilt. I typically do uh, tankas, which are also paintings on silk, and I okay. like to deal with issues of women in power and goddesses okay. all the time in okay. my work. Very nice. I like to empower everyday regular women, you know, to show well, them that they're goddess and they're divine with my work. Yes. Very nice. So this was a nice extension of that to be invited to be in this show. So wonderful, wonderful. That is absolutely stunning, and, and you know this is it's very encouraging. And and how could people, um, you know, get a chance to, um, you know, I guess support you in your work? Oh, okay. Well, I have a I have a website where some of my work can be seen. Um, okay. Can I give that? Of course. Okay. Website, yes, phone number, anything you like. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> All right. Uh, it's http colon forward slash forward slash b-i-a-n-c-a dot d-o-r-s-e-y dot brooklynartist dot com forward slash and some of my work can be seen there and I also do jewelry and that can be seen at amajewelry.com beautiful beautiful wonderful 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 um cookie are you still there with us oh she you know she she, does cookie yeah yeah well she I'll be distracted for a moment. But um Miss Pinchback, could you tell yes, us ma'am. your yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tell us um your publications, where they can go get them, you know, and of course the exhibit. Um, let's see. Um, for my book, How to Make Pink Confetti, you can get it. It is available through my publisher site, Dancing Girl Press. Um www.dancingirlpress, just as it sounds, Dancing Girl Press. Um, my blog, which will actually link you to the publisher site as well for the book, and you can also read about or read some of my other work. I, From time to time, I put other 
writings up there and, you know, musings or what have you. Tzenyapinchback.com. That's um, T-Z-Y-N-Y-A-P-I-N-C-H-B-A-C-K.com. And you can link to me on Facebook. Pretty much if you put in T-Z-Y-N-Y-A in Google, you'll find me because my name is so unusual. (laughs) It will eventually link you. Yeah, it'll link you either to me on Facebook or um, directly to my my blog site. Definitely. Uh, And Bianca, before you um, and and before before we depart, um, I've gotten some requests from folks on the on the uh, on the chat line um, who wanted me to type type this in. And so, if you would, could you um, could you forward that information? to my email, and I'll go ahead and I'll um, read it so that people can, you know, and if people would like to um, follow up with emails and and, um, and comments and whatnot, I can be reached on my email, dr.cat mm-hmm. at dot com. That's drcat at mac.com. That's D- R okay. dot C A T at Mac And if you could forward all those those links and whatnot, um, sure. not only will I provide that information in my blog on WordPress, and that WordPress blog is um Afrofuturism Scholar, that's one word, Afrofuturism Scholar dot com. What I'll also do is I'll take a look at your um website and um you know and make sure that you know that I do do a little write up. Um looks like we need to have a conversation this uh, yeah, that sounds wonderful. On, on sure. future show. And so and and I'll do that. And of course my um blog already has some information on on, on this pinchback, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make sure that I do a nice little write up of um tonight's show and it includes um material on this upcoming exhibit. Um, yes, we need to, I, I think we're gonna have. Yeah, I think we're really gonna have a really great turnout. Yes, so that'll be yes. great. Have people, you know, be able to get the book and to see the works. Oh my gosh, I'm really, really excited. I can't wait to to be in the company of all these great artists. Oh yes, yes definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, so, um, callers, did you all have anything uh, else that you wanted to share, that you wanted to add? Um, you know, I'm really glad to see so many people, um, you know, are really committed, um, you know, to um, this, you know, this, you know, these ideas and, and, and whatnot and, and committed to art. Any any last words from, from any of our other callers? Okay. <laughs> All right, so, um, Bianca, did you have any um, last words for us this evening? Um, I just think it's important that everybody sees a spark of divinity in them and they yeah. utilize it in their life. Yes, yes. absolutely. Very, very good. And Tizanga, and, of course, I know I have mangled your name, name to death this evening. I do apologize for that. Um, 
I'll get it right. I think, you know, if I need to talk, we need to talk. You know, uh, I didn't, I didn't send it to you phonetically. I didn't send it to you phonetically, and I, I typically do that even at work when I start on a new project. I always give the team my name. I email it to them phonetically. It's just, you know, right. convenient. But cool. it's, it's hard to remember to get to work there in the mouth. So. Right. So any last words for us? Um, let's see. We have what five minutes left. Um, so, well, right, four minutes. Know, we're, you know, technically speaking, out of out of time. But um, supposedly, this is it's still recording. So as long as I keep it on here, it'll still record. And so that basically means that, um, you know, until you know, until I hit end episode or until this machine says, oh, you gotta go, um, you know, we can keep going. So. You know, take as much time as you like, and please promote, promote, promote. That's you know, that's where it's at. You know. Well, I will leave you guys with a poem from the Mermaids and Merwomen exhibit. This is one of the pieces that is included, and this is one of those light rocks. This is one of those water pieces. Since I gave you guys so much of the heavy up front, um, okay. And this is one of my favorite pieces. I just like it. It feels good. It feels good to read, and it feels good to you know, to just be a part of it. And this poem is titled um, Contos. Contos is meter and rhyme and breath and place. It is light and shadow and texture and space. It is ink-stained palm sliding buckskin drum. A dust-born kiss to blackwash the sun. A blood like lava push hot in my vein. Daddy suckle the teat sweet as rum and cane. It is pulse and tendon and hairs and bone. A clay and moss and sand and stone. There is sea glass and wool, anchor dragged cross skin. A death spell lust. Dressing Calypso's fin. A stamp of the feet and clang of the bell. Echo a salve from deep in my well. It is callow like swirl of ether painted red. Contos is song of your name coiled on my tongue's bed. The end. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so you. much for, for sharing this yeah. evening. And so this will conclude tonight's episode. Um would like to invite you all to come back um, at the end of the month, um, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. I think that's the 29th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's the 29th. Um, Madrina um, Angelica will, um, Angelina, sorry about that. Andrina Angelina will be on, and she will be talking about Paolo Mayombe, uh, Rudy, and uh, Lukumi. And so we will kind of continue on with the, with ideas about magic and whatnot. You can also check out what I have on my blog, um, AfrofuturismScholar.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Turpin. Okay. And I'm also on Facebook. Dr. Sherry Ann Turpin. If you'd like to comment, 
you can email me at drcat at mac.com. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful evening. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.